Welcome to the Alcohol Rethink Podcast with me, your host, Patrick Fox. This podcast is for the guys out there who question the role that alcohol plays in their lives, men who want to stop drinking and don't know where to go or how to start. We're going to cover all of that and more. Let's go. Hi guys and welcome to episode number 106 of the Alcohol Rethink Podcast. How you all doing, fellas? Good to be back as always. Another fun episode for you. And I'm just going to dive right in today. I'm going to talk about ways that we hold ourselves back. And I'm going to give you five different ways that I see this showing up through my own personal experience and also with the guys that I work with as well. And the episode kind of inspired by some things that I'm doing in my life, right? Like there's projects around my house that I want to do and they've been giving me like some real insight as to why I haven't been doing them up till now and I'm looking at like what I get to hold on to as a result of not doing them and it's really fascinating to see about how we do this with alcohol as well so I want to talk about some of the things that we hold on to and then to help you explore like why you might be holding on to them to get a real understanding of what they are giving you by holding on to them so some of the questions I ask when I start working with my guys are, you know, like, what's the function of drinking alcohol? Like, what does it give you? What does it do for you? And then what do you get to hold on to when you drink? There's a couple of questions that you can start asking yourself, right? Because we want to really kind of create a lot of awareness and understanding of why we do what we do. Last week, I was working with one of my guys, actually, and we did an exercise it was about understanding what your kind of alcohol conditioning is. And, and as we were doing it, we were noticing, or he was noticing a lot of the things that we are kind of subjected to when we're younger, right? Like the people around us, what we see on TV and all of those things and about how it makes so much sense that as we get to this stage in our lives, wherever you might be now, that we have so many beliefs about why we think alcohol is actually helping us and because of the way it's marketed and because of the, the lessons that we kind of internalize from how other people we saw using it. So it makes a lot of sense. And so when we start to uncover all of that stuff, like that's when you begin to actually question it and you can begin to let it go. And some of the ways that we hold on to or some of the things that we hold on to, right, are our beliefs. Just as I was alluding to there, believing that alcohol does something for us in some way, shape or form. And maybe it does, right? But just because it does doesn't mean that it's the most sustainable and efficient way. Oh, no, no, no. So also looking at patterns, habits, behaviors, like what our identity is as someone who drinks. You know, for me, I always used to think I was the fastest drinker and that I was the best drinker and all of these identity shaping beliefs that I had about myself that kept me drinking. Maybe you are holding on to stuff around the house that you no longer need, right? Like maybe you're holding on to not doing something because of the fear that it creates in you through doing it. You know, maybe you're holding on to friendships because you've known each other from school, right? Like maybe that's one of the reasons that you give yourself for it. Maybe you're holding on to grudges. Maybe you're holding on to old clothes, old goals, or even old values, right? Like things that were once important to you but are no longer. And another thing that came up with that session with that guy, right, we, I was talking about how growing up, 
I had a lot of pub hand-me-downs. So like my dad used to be in the pub quite a lot and he'd come home with like all of this alcohol paraphernalia. So we'd have like beer mats, we would have t-shirts that were, I remember one specifically, a Grosch t-shirt, which is a, a European beer, I'm not exactly sure where from and it really doesn't matter. But I used to have that t-shirt, but I used to love it, but it was fucking massively oversized, right? Like a 14 year old wearing like an extra large pub t-shirt effectively. Beer mats, right? <clears throat> Collecting beer mats or like any kind of branded alcohol goods. So we were looking at how we hold on to those things. And again, also seeing how they are influencing our beliefs, our choices about how we see ourselves in alcohol. And so we want to look at ways that we might be holding on too tight to those things, right? And why that might be. Maybe it's fear of change. Maybe it's because of the uncertainty of who we will be or who we think we will be if we no longer have those things in our lives. So we can hold on to things rather unnecessarily, right? And it becomes counterproductive. And just because our brain finds so much familiarity and known in that thing, like it can be hard to let go sometimes. It can be hard to make that change. And as far as our brain's concerned, it's easier to adapt than change. To ch it's easier to adapt than to change. So it's easier to just keep those things than it is to get rid of them. And so what happens is we end up like sacrificing that familiar discomfort for the discomfort of change. We also get to hold on to feelings that some of these things may create for us in our lives, right? And we can become addicted to certain feeling states. Some of those feeling states that we have, you know, they may have really served us in the past and we want to really explore like whether they still serve us now. Think of this as a spring clean for yourself, right? Like think about making space for the new, like doing a, a review, an audit of things that you might be holding on to. So here's five ways that you might be intentionally or more likely unintentionally holding on. So here's the first is holding on to like romanticized notions of alcohol and the beliefs, the associations that it brings pleasure, excitement, perhaps even sophistication, right? It's like knowing all of those alcohol associations you have. So thinking about or only remembering, sorry, the good times the positive experiences. And that's where our friend FAB comes in, right? Faded effect bias. Like our brain literally forgets about the pain of drinking alcohol and just remembers the good time. It remembers the good associations, like the um, emotional connections that we may have had at that time. Or even like the escapism it created for us, right? Like we think that that is what we're holding on to. So it's this idea like we hold on to this notion that the benefits outweigh the, con the consequences. And another way that that might show up, right, is FOMO. So missing out on enjoyable experiences. We hold on to this idea that if we no longer drink alcohol, then there's not going to be any fun. So you hold on to that belief that you're missing out. Well, I mean, what's that really based on, right? Like, have you given yourself enough time to actually suggest or prove that that is true? You know, how can you know? Because your brain's not automatically going to go to JOMO, right? Like It's not going to automatically focus on the joy of missing out, which is why my philosophy, and I'm such a huge advocate of taking a break, but whilst taking a break, like actually doing some of this work and actually rethinking alcohol, because 
when you take like a sustained break away from alcohol and you're not in deprivation mode and you're not using willpower the whole way, you're going to be able to go and try new experiences, right? Create new evidence. But you're also going to be able to do things that you already do in a different mindset. And that might completely change for you in terms of how you enjoy those things. You might still be able to go out and have fun. For example, I went to a gig the other week over the weekend and when I first got there, like I noticed everyone, you know, it was the real atmosphere and everyone's drinking. Of course, my brain's paying attention to that and about they're having fun. And I just kind of repositioned it to myself. I was like, well, yeah, they are here to have fun and they want to have fun with alcohol and that's absolutely fine. But like, I want to have fun as well and I'm going to give myself permission to have fun. And I did and I gave myself permission to have fun and I kept reminding myself as the night went through and then I just like allowed myself to dance and remembered like people weren't looking at me just like no one knew I wasn't drinking no one gives a shit because they're all doing their own thing. So thinking about how I could have that own experience for myself and you know until you've done that sober then of course your brain's going to tell you that you're going to be missing out. That is one way that we can hold ourselves back, right? Like is holding on to the beliefs, the romanticization that alcohol is doing something for you that you cannot have without it. And that FOMO can show up, right? When you are obsessing almost over things that you've done in the past when you were drinking, when you're feeling guilty or shameful or regretful about things that you did when you were drinking, right? Like that can really cloud how you experience those things sober because you're just going to be going into them. You're going to be having like pretty low energy vibrational stuff going on for yourselves there, right? So when you're feeling bad about what you've done, you might prevent yourself really embracing what it's like to not drink and do those things. Because remember, right, our thoughts are creating our feelings. Our feelings create our actions. And so when you are going into something feeling like it's not going to be fun and you it's not the same without alcohol then that's the experience you're going to create for yourself but when you go into it with a willingness to try something new and be open to the experience and give yourself permission to have fun then who knows what might happen right which leads me on to the second point of ways that we hold ourselves back and that's like holding on to a mindset of blame right and kind of relinquishing personal responsibility believing that you know the reason you did or do what you do is because of other people is because of other circumstances around you which is why you drink and I'm not saying for a moment right like there may have been things that happened to you in the past when you were young or growing up as an adult even you know that were horrible right that were hard but they aren't the reason that you drink right? They may have been a way that you try to deal with the things that were happening for you, but they aren't the reason you drink. So having that kind of mindset is going to impede, right, your personal growth. It's going to prevent you from taking ownership of your actions and being able to like participate in how you rethink alcohol. For as long as you think the answer lies outside of you, then you're not going to have any solutions. But when you recognize that you are responsible, right? Like you have the ability to respond to your relationship to alcohol, then that's really super empowering. So excuses and justifications, right? Like this is all part of the mindset. You know, you may be holding on to the habit of making excuses and, and rationalizations for your drinking. 
no, our brain's really good at excusing our own behavior. And why do we do that, right? Because it makes us feel better. If we justify and rationalize, we feel better in the moment about our choices. Except it's generally always a lie, right? Because you might go, oh, it's all right. I'm going to, I'll have a beer today and then I'll start again tomorrow. But you know, come tomorrow, right? Like you're probably going to feeling pretty shit about yourself. Not only are you going to be hung over, but there's all of the thoughts that your brain's going to be having about what you did as well. So, you know, that's that whole idea of short-term pleasure and long-term pain. If you're like rationalizing your past behaviors or attempting to downplay the negative consequences of alcohol, like if you hold on to those reasons, then it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to rethink alcohol, right? But by letting go of those, by taking responsibility for your actions, that's going to be so, so powerful. That's where you're going to be able to start creating change for yourself. Another, or not another, the third, the third reason or way that you may be holding on to alcohol in your life is your environment, right? Uh, it might be the people you've got around you. It might even just be in your home, right? Like having alcohol around you. Now, I'm not saying that like, you have to get rid of everything, but it might help, right? Because if you recognize that when you see certain things that you have a reaction to them, like a craving or temptation, well, it's going to be easier if those things aren't there. That said, right, the way that I coach, the way that I want all of my guys to experience live post-drinking is that they can be around alcohol and not give a shit, right? It's all down to our thoughts, right? Because it's our thoughts that create triggers. Like when you drive past a off-license, for example, like your brain's going to go, oh, let's go into the off-license. And that's just because it's familiar, it's because it's a pattern, it's because you've done it before. Except we just want to recognize that just because your brain thinks something doesn't mean it's true. But in the beginning, it might be really helpful for you to... Just think about, you know, like how can you set yourself up for success? You know, maybe not going to that party, maybe not having alcohol in the house, right? Like what are the things that you can do that are going to support yourself in the beginning? Part of that environment also is a resistance to creating a new environment to yourself, right? Like so thinking about maybe having a new social network, you know, like connecting with different people or finding alternative activities that are going to support your choices like knowing that after football instead of going to the pub of all of the lads like maybe you decide to go home in the beginning or maybe deciding that you know ahead of time like what you're going to drink whether it's a soft drink water whatever it might be one of the ways that I held on to my drinkers identity and also drug um, using identity was like keeping dealers phone numbers in my book in my phone book right not deleting them and leaving them in there. Like one of the things that happened for me when I was thinking, which was really interesting, was about a year in, right, I found a wrap of cocaine on the floor and I held on to it. I kept it in my drawer for about five or six weeks. And then this happened again. I found some, some other drugs and I'd never found them ever, right, when I was using, but it was so weird that it happened afterwards when, in my sobriety. And I found them and I held on to them. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing, man? Like, why am I holding on to these things? And it's because maybe there was this part of me that believed like, oh, maybe maybe those things will be useful in the future. And do you know what? It was so liberating just to chuck them away and just get rid of them because they had absolutely zero value or purpose or need for me in my life. 
another part of the environment I kind of said already is about the relationships that you have, right? You know, maybe you hold on to relationships with some of your mates who encourage your drinking, right? Or don't understand your drinking. Now, in the beginning, like that's going to happen. There are going to be certain people who don't understand and they're going to want to encourage you. But if they're still doing that three months down the line, right? Like you really got to start to question if, if these are the kind of people that you want in your life. And, you know, it might be hard because, as I said, maybe you've known them since school. Like maybe you've got all of this emotional connection and attachment to them. And it doesn't mean that you never speak to them again. But it's like you can choose the, the times and the environments that you want to be with them. And if they're in the pub all the time, well, then there's a decision to be made for yourself, right? The fourth one is holding on to your self-identity, right? Like how you see yourself. Um, and that's really big because like how you see yourself, how you associate yourself around alcohol is big because in order to change that, there's going to be an identity shift. There's going to be almost like a grieving period, right? Like there's a, there's a loss of identity. And so you might question like, well, who am I without alcohol? And that's a great question that I ask my guys again, right? Like, who am I without uh, without alcohol? And just notice what answers your brain comes up with. Because it maybe they're going to be positive, right? And that's great. And then you can go and use them. Or maybe they'll be negative. And maybe they're going to be the ones that say that you're boring and that life's going to be crap without alcohol and you're never going to have any mates, right? Because for as long as you believe those things, then your brain is going to want to hold on to the idea that alcohol is doing something for you. And so with identity, you know, it includes letting go of the belief that alcohol defines you or that you're not going to be able to have fun or social life without it. I always used to see myself as a partier, right? I just mentioned earlier on or that I was a really good social drinker. And letting go of that felt really challenging because it was like, well, who am I without that? And so this is where we have to be kind and compassionate with ourselves and recognize like there's a new version coming, right? Like it's not like that version ends and then there's nothing else. But we also need to give ourselves permission to like grow and embrace what that new version of ours is going to look like. So it's going to be important to redefine and reshape how you identify to yourself in a way that aligns with the new sober lifestyle that you want, right? In a way that aligns with what's really most important to you. And the fifth way that we hold on to alcohol and kind of hold ourselves back is the fear of social judgment or stigma, stigmas, right? So, you know, this idea that if you can't control your drinking, then there must be something wrong, that you must be an alcoholic, that you've got a problem, etc., etc. Except I hope if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know that is all complete bullshit. That said, like we do have those fears, right? Because like, as human beings, we are primed for connection. And that threat that our brain perceives when we think we're not going to be part of that community anymore or that we're not a drinker anymore, like it feels dangerous. But it really is just one of those illogical fears. You know, so if you notice that you worry about how others are going to perceive you or you feel super uncomfortable in social out, uh, settings where alcohol is present, well, that's okay. And it's something to inquire, right? It's something to explore and understand, like, why are you thinking in that way? Because once you overcome those fears and let go of that need for external validation, right, in your decision-making processes about not w wanting to drink, like, that's when you're really going to be able to embrace this sober lifestyle that you're looking for or this radically rethought 
alcohol lifestyle. And here's a bonus one in terms of how we hold ourselves back, right? It's holding on to unrealistic expectations of immediate change and a, and a resistance to the process. Because uh, I don't know about you, right? Like my brain often demands change. It wants it instantly. If I go to the gym for two weeks, I expect to have massive muscles and a six pack. Except it's not like that. It can't be like that. Nothing in life is like that, right? Like when we want something, when we want to create change, then we have to work. We have to go through processes and like up leveling. It's no different with your sobriety, right? Listen to the three P's of sobriety podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes because that really goes into this one in a lot more detail. Like you think about the years that you've been planning drinking and all of that effort and hard work that went into becoming who you thought you were as someone as a drinker, right? There's been a lot of practice. So now we need to plan to be somebody different, to do things differently. And that requires practice and it's going to require patience. But when we've got this expectation of immediate change and we don't get it, it just is going to end up in disappointment. And when you end up in disappointment, you end up taking actions that probably aren't in alignment with what you really want. So when you kind of let go expecting that drinking is going to solve all your problems and you know, it might solve a lot of them. It's not going to solve all of them because what you're going to be left with is perhaps some of the reasons why you were drinking within the first place. Some of the decisions or things in your life that you haven't made or want to make that you've been using alcohol as a way to escape from. It's important to recognize that rethinking alcohol is not linear, right? Like it's got its ups and downs, but it requires patience, perseverance and an ongoing commitment to yourself and to your decisions. So as you start identifying these ways that you hold yourself back in your life and like actively letting go of these unnecessary patterns and behaviors and beliefs, you can really start to think about how you're going to lead a more healthier, alcohol-free life and like set that foundation for yourself about how you want to be moving forward. So there you have it. Five, technically six ways that you might be unknowingly holding on to reasons for continuing to drink. Now, the intention here isn't to make yourself wrong for any of them, right? But simply to create awareness of how you might be holding yourself back when rethinking alcohol, right? Like do a little review, do a little audit of your life and all the ways that you might be holding on. Because with this awareness, you can decide what you want to do with it. You can start reviewing your relationship with alcohol, the relationship you have with yourself and to start deciding whether you want to continue or whether it's time for change and what you're willing to go through in order to create that change. Now, as a coach, I love asking questions. I love being curious and finding out what someone thinks is happening versus what really is happening. Because when we create that awareness and when we can have compassion for ourselves, creating change can become so much easier. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it can become easier. So I've got a few questions I want to leave you all with before we say goodbye for this week's episode. And it's, they're going to really help you to continue rethinking alcohol in your life. So here goes. Number one, where or what are you holding on to as you rethink alcohol? Number two, do you love those reasons? Number three, what's stopping you from letting go? And then the fourth and final question is, is holding on to them helping or hurting you? All right, guys, there you go. Four questions, five different ways of how we hold on to alcohol and how you can start questioning them. Until next week, it's been amazing. Great to be back with you all. See you soon and take care. Bye-bye. 
Are you ready to radically rethink alcohol? Or perhaps even stop? And if you haven't up till now, why is that? If you want to find out what's preventing you from stopping drinking, from making that choice, from making that decision to rethink alcohol in your life, let's have a conversation. Book a consult with me where we'll go through what I do, how I do it, and I want to learn all about you, what you want and why you want it. It's totally free, no obligation. Let's have a conversation and get something started. Here's to you and radically rethinking alcohol.